welcome, welcome, welcome back, everyone. I'm your dancer librarian, my wife, Caroline Williams, and we're we have another episode here for you today. And this episode is featuring one of my dear, dear, dear BFFs. We're basically like sisters, cousins, however you want to call it. We are four days apart. Our parents, our mothers are BFFs. They grew up together. And so it just was destined for us to, you know, grow up together and be BFFs. And although we may not talk every day, we may not see each other every month or week, uh, I will still go toe-to-toe over my friend here. Because <laughs> she's a dear friend to me. We, I mean, we're like sisters. We... Yeah, we grew up together, and everybody has that friend, and they know what I'm talking about. And my friend's name is Dr. Chanel Perkins, and she's going to talk to us about her life as a mom and a doctor and a wife, and some of the, you know, ins and outs, and her daily routines, and her experience in the the, um, operating room. And things like that. So let's all welcome my dear friend, Dr. Chanel Perkins. Okay, hello, Chanel. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> okay, so now we are live and we are recording, okay? Okay. So again, everyone, this is a Dr. Chanel Perkins. Hey, everyone. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Dance Library Mom Wife Show podcast. Thank you. And I'm so happy to have you. And I've already stated that you are like, you know, a sister, cousin, friend, you know, BFF, because we basically grew up together. We're like four days apart. Right, four days stuff. apart. Four days apart. It's amazing. Same hospital <laughs> too, right? I don't know. Girl, probably. I just, I remember my mom saying, like, she was due before your mom and was, like, depressed when your mom had you and she was still pregnant with me. I remember that. I, I mean, I don't remember that. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, yeah. We don't I remember story. hearing it. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's just kind of like, when is she going to come out? So, yeah, it's kind of funny. But, yes. So, Chanel, first of all, tell us what type of doctor you are. Well, I am a podiatrist, also known as a foot doctor or a foot and ankle doctor. Um, So I specialize in all and any conditions pertaining to and relating to the feet from the ankles on down. I got you covered. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so I'm going to, I'm probably going to jump back and forth to my questions, but because we're already on like, you know, what type of doctor you are, why did you choose your occupation? Why did you choose a foot doctor? So if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me that, I would have to be a <laughs> But, yeah, so it started actually in high school. And, you know, Caroline and I kind of, well, we grew up together, but we also shared a bus route together, too. Yeah, so I went yeah. to the Bakey High School for Health Professions, and Caroline was at the high school for the performing and visual arts. Yeah, I just loved, like, I loved Caroline's school. Like, your school is the best <laughs> because y'all were so free and art, artsy. And this is true. 
you like, know, and we were we were serious. Like, yeah, we were serious. We had uniforms. Like there, y'all oh, dressed yeah. up. Like, y'all dressed up was like don't wear like purple hair or something. Basically, like, like our, wear, yeah, just don't wear clothes, please. Just wear clothes. <laughs> just wear clothes. But yeah, we had like uniforms. But anyway, we were like pre pre med. So I think that's where my um. That is where my my interest in medicine started. Um, we got to go to the medical center, the Texas Medical Center, and rotate right. through different hospitals and see different specialties. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was introduced to pod- podiatry from a family friend and was able to volunteer and shadow the doctor in his office one summer because a part of our graduation requirements was to get 200 volunteer hours before graduation. And that oh, wow. seems like a lot, but it's really, it really wasn't. It kind of went by fast because you have like four years to do 200 hours, you know? Okay. So, um, so I, you know, I just got introduced to the profession that way. And I felt like it was very um, like almost, like instant gratification because you could help patients literally walk in one way and walk out better than how they came in. It's mm, very okay. result oriented, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I just like that you, you know, you can treat somebody and actually see the result. Like a, sometimes in healthcare, you can get a little jaded because your treatments aren't working, you know, for certain mm-hmm. specialties or certain conditions. And mm-hmm. it can be kind of, um, you know, disappointing when you've done all that you can for certain, like I said, certain conditions and certain with certain um, with certain specialties in healthcare. But with podiatry, I mean, we have our moments where you know a patient isn't responding like we want to, but for the most part, the majority of my patients are are doing, you know, they do great with the treatment plan, and um, and I'm able to really help them, and I like that aspect of it. So, and I was able to see that early on with right. volunteering and shadowing um, in the podiatrist office early. Wow. And I carried on. I kept I kept in touch with him throughout college too. So when I got to okay. college, because I went to the Bakey, I had no idea what else to major in except biology. <laughs> so right. I majored in biology. <laughs> Science, and, right? Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> Yeah, and I, I had him as a recommendation when I went to apply for podiatry school, and and the rest is history. Here I am. That's amazing. That is awesome because, like, I mean, it's interesting to hear that the whole, like, instant gratification because you are correct that some doctors, you know, who may see a patient and they're going through all these tests and trials to figure out what's wrong with them, and then you just can't figure it out. And so, yeah, that would probably be a little bit, frustrating yes and, absolutely and, and stressful for you like, <laughs> excuse me to be like what is wrong like what's going on so that's interesting to hear but I can totally get that and um hold on let me drink some water okay I was just eating some peanuts and a little peanut burned back in my throat um yes <laughs> but okay but yeah and it's funny because I you know when I had my foot problem you're the one who suggested the foot doctor I went to, correct? The one over here? Yes, actually, yes, I did. I did. Yes. You had a great, great positive outcome. I did. And it's so funny because people, okay, just to make, let all the listeners know, I had a corn that was the worst. That corn was against me in my life. They did not like me. <laughs> they didn't want me to be great. You can ask right. all my coworkers. I would walk down my hallway with one shoe on because I'm like, this shoe 
is rubbing up against his toe, and I'm about good. to scream. Like, it would be like tearful type pain, like, it hurts so bad. Right. And so, yeah, I went to the foot doctor that you recommended, and she did, like, when I walked in, she goes, yeah, you have a hammer toe. I said, a hammer toe? God, yeah. And I know I, it was hammer time. Yeah, the crazy like I Chanel. I've heard of hammer toes, but I always uh, put hammer toes with like the the second and the third toes, <laughs> not the right, pinky. but not the pinky. Right. So when she showed the S- X-ray, I was like, oh, look at that. And so you were able to see, and I think that's a great, I think that's yeah. a great, um, a great thing for patients to visualize. I'm all about showing X-rays and explaining. Mm-hmm what it is that we are trying to treat and why Correct. we go about a particular treatment. Because when you visualize it, you understand it more, especially as a Very true. if you don't have, you know, a medical background and you're not used to looking at x-rays or, you know, understanding why something, um, you know, why a particular treatment might be picked for you, you know, yeah. it can be a very very confusing. So I think I think your doctor was right on point showing x-rays and that diagnosis and that condition to you. Yeah, she was awesome. I thank you for, I don't know if I ever said thank you, but thank you for recommending her. Because <laughs> within that week, I went into surgery, and she, you know, fixed this hammer toe. It has healed up very nicely, a small itty-bitty scar. My I can my shoes don't hurt like they did before. So I have to say that was a success. So Good. So, kudos to the foot doctors out there. <laughs> um, okay, so, okay, the next question. Okay. So we know, oh, well, they don't know, but Chanel is married. Yes. Now, how long have you been married? I have been married for us. Uh, <laughs> wait. <laughs> you sound like me. This is, this is about how to long be, I've been married. This is about to be six glorious years because, yes, it was 2015. Okay. Oh, yes. We, and our, our anniversary is, is actually coming up Easter Sunday. Bonus babies. So mm-hmm. 
when I married my husband, I married them too. So they were um, my ready-made instant family. All right. Yep. And shortly after we were married, I found out I was expecting later on that year. And right after she was born, well, not right after, um, not long after she was born, I found that I was expecting again. Uh-huh. <laughs> was, was, was she playing baby, baby balls? Was she playing boss baby? Uh, boss baby is, no, boss, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know them second babies. Karen wasn't playing, so I'm just like, hey. Which boss no, baby plan? Or was like, nobody oh, shoot, was you're pregnant. That's the that's the funny part. Nobody was playing in boss oh. baby. So her name is Poppy because she popped up on us. <laughs> Girl, you lying. You did not name her because of that. No, I didn't. <laughs> name, I was like, oh, is that really why you gave her her name? But no, no, no. It fits. It fits. But she really was, um, I will never forget the day I told my husband that there was a positive pregnancy test for his reaction. It was priceless. <laughs> oh, God. For like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like Barry. Like, no, you're not. Uh, I am. Yeah. I, and you sitting there looking at a nine-month-old crawling on your floor. Basically, right, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, wait, I should have a baby right here. But, yeah, you know, they're all, they're all blessings. Um, they are, they are. But yeah, nobody was really planned because, uh, yeah, it just kind of happened. It just happened. Yeah. That was God's plan. It's got God's plan. There you go. Yes, y'all were there supposed to have them, baby. Because I remember you telling me when you got pregnant with Poppy, I think we were at a funeral and you came by, you pointed at your stomach. I'm like, girl, you lie. Yeah, and you know what's funny with Poppy? I had to tell people earlier because with you know showed early. I show. Oh my gosh! I was showing it like six weeks. Uh-huh. You yeah. know that's that real sensitive time where it could uh-huh. go either way. You don't really want to tell a whole lot of people in case you got to explain. You know the alternative, yes. which is so heartbreaking. So you yes. really want to keep it quiet for the first that's twelve right. weeks. But I could not hide it. I could only <laughs> pretend it was a food baby for so long. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I remember you saying like Caroline, what am I gonna do? Think are you be okay? You're going to yeah. be all right. Trust it me. Was, yeah. It's it going to be rough, but you'll get through it. It's rough. And she yeah. is, and they are currently winning. They're winning in every situation. And we, we got to take back the house because they're running. Oh, stuff. God. That's about right. So leading into my next question. So what's your daily routine with work and kids? Like, what do you, how do you kind of do your day? So, you know, my day is, <laughs> is very it can be very stressful. My days are long. I'll say, I'll mm-hmm. say that. I, I wake up pretty early. Um, not always by choice. Sometimes I have a human alarm clock still, mm-hmm. like a newborn. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> exactly. Sometimes um, I do wake up with my alarm. Um, usually I try to get going before 6 or right at 6. Um, okay. On a good day, I'm able to wake up around 515 and get in a good workout that's you know it's been a while since I've worked out in the morning I try to still work Girl, out that is good. In day. You work out? it's hard good. but it's, it's been harder now um but on average I will say I'm up, up and moving around six o'clock um getting the girls because they wake up early too they wake up around they wake up with me they'll wake up and what they want to eat right away they want breakfast. yes <laughs> yes we have trained these hungry children. Like, wait, you know, sometimes you just gotta wait. Sometimes and they be like, "What's what to eat?" 
Yeah. It opens your eyes. Right. You just open your eyes. <laughs> like, get them to wipe the sleep out your eyes. <laughs> correct, correct, so, correct. But, yeah, so they, um, yeah, they'll wake up usually with me. So I'm, I'm, you know, preparing their breakfast while I'm trying to get ready to go to work. And then my husband is just absolutely so helpful. He's so, so good with them. He oh, usually good. will take over because I have to leave and be at work before sometimes before their school even opens you know oh uh, so yeah yeah he'll get them dressed he'll finish up I'll, I'll start them with breakfast but he'll finish up with um you know their their morning routine with brushing teeth washing their face he'll even comb their hair you know brush them what <laughs> yes well he he'll brush He'll, oh, he'll okay. try to keep their hair braided, <laughs> but he'll okay, you know, yeah. just make, meet, make it neat in the, you know, for the next morning. Um, okay. Yeah, okay. so then they're off to school. Um, I, if I can take them to school, I do because I miss doing that. So if any yeah. opportunity I have, if I have a late morning, I'll take them to school. But typically, I'm either in the OR at 7 o'clock or I'm mm. rounding by 7.30. If I'm not operating, then I'm rounding in the hospital by 7.30. I start clinics at around 8.15 or 8.20, and I okay. go until um, around noon. And sometimes my clinic, my morning clinic will go, will run into my lunch hour, and I don't even get, like, a full hour for lunch. So I – And what – okay, what's clinic? So clinic is where I see my patients. So I okay. might have a, a morning clinic session where I have 18 patients scheduled between 8.20 and 11.40. So I might see anywhere between, usually between 15 and 18 patients. And these patients are either patients that are returning for a visit after they've had surgery or patients who are coming to me for, for the first time because they want surgery or patients who just, you know, need routine care. They may have a painful ingrown toenail or they oh. have a painful callus or a corn on their hammer toe, you know. Gotcha. Uh, um, I see a lot of diabetic patients who need um, uh, just routine checkups because with diabetes, there's a lot that happens in the feet. There's sometimes decreased circulation where there's no blood flow. There may mm-hmm. be no sensation. A patient might have numbness, so they don't know that they stepped on, you know, they oh, stepped on a piece yeah. of glass or something. And, and I'm having um, to treat that before it becomes infected. And sometimes it's too late. They come to me and they're already infected. So I, I see a variety of patients. Um, okay. And then I may have an afternoon where it's totally free from clinic where I'm able to go to the hospital and see mm-hmm. more patients that have been, usually these patients that are in the hospital, they come in from the emergency room. Um, you know, they they get to the, the ER, and they're pretty severely infected. So the, you know, they look at them, and they're like, all right, we have to admit you into the hospital. So after okay. they're admitted, I typically will get a call saying, hey, we have, you know, patient X who who needs a podiatry consult right away looks like they have bone infection they need to go to the or how soon can you get them in so i'll go and see that patient and you know talk to the patient about sometimes it's you know very difficult conversations i'm talking to these patients about amputations you know i just had a patient today where 
I had to talk to her and her daughter over the phone. Um, her daughter was on the phone because of COVID restrictions, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so she has her daughter on speaker, and I'm having to, you know, talk to them about a possible below the knee amputation because I've taken wow. this patient to the OR twice already and she hasn't healed. So Ooh. it's it's one of those things where, it, you know, you, you're usually um, – having to deal with that and having to just, you know, deal with family dynamics too, because the daughter's hopeful and the mother mm-hmm. is like, yeah. just ready to be done with it. So, you know, we have to respect the wishes of the patient, although right. like, the daughter may want one thing, it's ultimately up to the patient to decide. Um, right. But yeah, typically, I mean, and then, so if I don't have, if I don't have to round like I did today, I'm still going to be in clinic and usually Depending on how busy I am, I'll have my afternoon clinic start at one o'clock and go until about five, and sometimes a little bit past. Um, and then after that, I'm headed home, usually too tired to even stop anywhere, like the right. or anything. Like I just try to get straight home and shower because of you know just everything, everything. out there now. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, too, my husband really picks up the girls after school unless I have time to come home and change because I don't like having to pick them up in my scrubs. Right, my, right, right. You know, because they're so, their immune systems are still developing and they're still susceptible to infection and things like that. So I try my hardest to either come home first and change or he will majority of the time pick them up, really. And that's very, very helpful. So like I said, my husband has been... He's he's just the really, MVP. Look at him. Yeah, he really is. He's so helpful. <laughs> and I'm really thankful and blessed. <laughs> yes, and that's that. good. I can yeah. I can say because I know some uh, moms who are you know have occupations where their time is you know taken by their job and they don't have that additional help like a husband or uh, because they may be going through a divorce or they may be single moms and so. I understand. I can, and sometimes me myself, I'm like, how does your mom do this? Like, yeah, it's hard. How do they I mean, do it? it is I rough. Even, yeah, I couldn't imagine. I really couldn't imagine. I think about that too, and then yeah, I try not to think about it. Yeah, I'm like that. Oh goodness, it's. I mean, I commend single moms because me too. I yeah, just so much respect there because that it is. You know, they're the I, real MVP. That yes, because even like when I after I had Carter and I you know I had a C section mm-hmm. and the healing part of it, like I was like, how can somebody do this by themselves? Like, right. Yeah. Heal and then nurse and then yep. the baby crying. You got it's, yeah, and you know what? And you bring up a very good point. That is a very stressful on a new mom. Like Carter yes. was your firstborn. Right. That you're not used to that, and you got like you mm-hmm. said, a crying, screaming baby. You're hurting, physically hurting, yep. and then mentally, you're drained. You're tired. Yep. You're, you know, you're just you're not. You're going through a lot of emotions. Your body's going to get back. Yes, you're, so. Yes. so yeah, like it's it's something to be a single mom and have to do all of that on your own. So. Right. Yeah. So we we uh Brent is a MVP. Whoop whoop. Whoop whoop. Yeah. Okay, so what is a glow and one glow and one woe of your occupation? 
So I like that glowing a woe. <laughs> yes, I get that. That's what we do at school, girl. <laughs> That's so cute. Name a glow and a woe. <laughs> okay, I think the glow is kind of like what I mentioned earlier. Just literally being able to help someone um, mm-hmm. walk better. You know, be better. Yes. Saving. Um, just everything I'm able to do. Saving. Like, I mean, it may sound silly, but I'm able to, I saved this man's toe, you know? Right, yes, I mean, I've saved more than one toe before, but But I've had patients that are looking at, you know, it's almost 50-50. We might have to amputate or not, and it's so gratifying to, you know, be able to save somebody's toe. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, it should be a long process. You, you're talking weeks and weeks or months even of healing. But I think that's the glow for me, being able to, like, save a toe or something like, you know, something similar. Yeah. A patient. That is amazing. People want to leave this world with what they came in with, you know. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody wants to walk around with, like, four toes. No. But, you know, Yeah. Okay. So now, whoa. So, okay. Oh, and I just started a, a little rhyme. My glow is my glow is saving a toe. Oh, oh a poet didn't know it. Look at that. Look at that. We're having too much fun, Caroline. We are. This this is what my podcast. Are. You know, we get way off topic. I gotta get better than staying on topic. But that's all oh. fun is being having a podcast. I know, and I love that you have a podcast. By the way. <laughs> oh, and you know, this is my first one. Did I tell you I've never is done this before? Really? I've never done it. I'm so now, serious. Well, I feel honored that you're on mine for the first time. For the first time. So, and I I have to tell you, I like it. Um, I like it a lot more than the live. I feel like with, like, the IG live, you're kind of, like, you have to sit, you know, and yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like it's more, this is just more natural for me. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, like a conversation. Like a conversation, yeah. Exactly. And that's why I like it. You're just talking. You talk off the cuff. go. Yeah. Exactly. So okay, we digress. All right. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the okay. woe. A woe. <laughs> okay. The woe would definitely be what what I just went through today with that, you know, that patient and her daughter. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just having to have that difficult conversation of not only losing something but because okay, say you lose a toe, it's not gonna affect your ability to walk. You can still right. walk. Right. But having the talk about um, potentially what we call a below the knee amputation, mm-hmm. having you know a very um, <clears throat> just a you know a very sensitive conversation like that with a patient can be a woe because yeah. no one wants to hear that you know. Although right. the majority of the time that conversation is being had, the patient kind of knows that they're at a point where it's going that way. You know, by the time it gets to that point, it's not that much of a surprise for the patient. But, it's mm. still, you know, it's still some, sometimes um, a little disheartening to have. Um, right. Even so when the patient doesn't understand and you've done your best to try to explain it and you even have, you know, the team approach with other doctors on board, all kind of saying the same thing just in different ways. Right. Um, I think that that's that's definitely a woe. Okay. That's, and those are legitimate woes uh, that I would probably have an issue with. I mean, I think anybody yeah. doesn't like that. Those are conversations, though. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Now, what is a glow and a woe of motherhood? And even, like, you know, being a bonus mom and all that stuff. Like, what's one oh, glow yeah. you can think of? 
Well, the glow, just watching them become who they are, you know, watching their little personalities emerge and just the things that they say and the little people they're becoming that they're growing into. So that's really just a glow for my bonus kids too, because I've had them since they were five. Five and, mm, okay. and now okay. they're uh, 12 and 13. <laughs> so yes. Yes. my big kids, my preteen slash teenager, um, uh, yes. even yes. my little toddler. So just watching them grow. Uh, the woes. All right. So <laughs> this whole, like, so my oldest is now 13. And mm-hmm. just trying to navigate this whole teenage world because mm-hmm. I remember how I was when I was 13. And if we can just fast forward (laughs) to, like, 21. I know, to where the attitudes drop and they just come. Yes, but, you Uh know, they're really, they're great kids, and there there hasn't been any, but, and maybe I'm I'm thinking that there will be, and I may be totally wrong, and I hope I am, but so far, so good. It's just that I think I'm dreading the teenage years. Yeah, yeah. It's for, and I can, I can tell you because you know Jaquelyn's seventeen now, and yeah. Xavier's sixteen. Yeah. And when I tell you, it was like when the thirteen, twelve years came. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It was a little bit different because we also had transitioning as far as the homes that they were in. Okay, like they oh, were, they were yeah. with us. They started, you know, it was just different. And, you know, then you're transitioning grades, so you're going into middle school. And all the other stuff, and so things are just different. You're becoming more active in school, and so you're getting. And then you start. Little girls start seeing you saying you're cute, you know. Oh um, gosh. So yeah. now that's a whole different. Now I want. I like this girl. I I want to go hang with my friends, you know. Yeah. And times yep. are different. Times are different. So it's just like you. You don't. You want them to be able to be kids and have that those experiences, but then you're like, the times are different. I don't need. Who are you going to be with? Who are these people? Why are you there? You know, and so I can say it has been rough for me navigating these teenage years because they've been, they have given me all the teenage uh, checklists of what, if you have a checklist on what the teenagers will do, I have gone through them with (laughs) more with the oldest one. And it's so funny, like, and he's such a loving kid. He really, really is. Like, he'll he sit is. underneath you. Oh, my gosh, yes. Like, he will. He'll sit right up underneath you like he is two years old. But Aww. I think he needed to – he's he's very much of a follower. You'll probably call me for saying that. But he <laughs> is. He's a follower. And he yeah. wants to fit in. He wants to be with the in crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Every kid wants to. Every kid so, wants that, Yeah. Hey, you know, I started sounding like my mom, like, they're not going to do nothing for you. Who are them people? <laughs> you know? Who are, yeah, right? You That's know? Yeah. You and so, like right. And so, but now it's so funny. Now, uh, he, he, I think he's kind of bumped his head on a reality rock because now he's trying to do better. You know, he's communicating right. more with us. I mean, he's, you know, cause I, my whole thing with them was, you know, because they didn't just live with us permanently, I said, if anything, make sure your little brother and your little sister see you more than once a month. Oh, you know, that yeah. was my thing because they miss yeah. you. They And now That's they're at the so age they true. ask. Yeah, yep. they ask for them now. Where is yeah. your brother? Where is Xavier? So I yeah. text them, hey, they're looking for y'all, so they'll come over, whatever. Yeah. So it's rough. 
mm-hmm. it gets easy. Like I, like I said, he's now 17, and he's now just like, yeah, I'm sick of doing all that. Oh, you are? Oh, you Good. are really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thank you. I appreciate that because it was a touch and go for a minute there, son. Okay? Yes. But, yeah, so, I can completely understand what you're saying as far as the teenage years are concerned. But, yeah. So I think that that is, um, I guess that's that's almost every parent, I would think. Just yeah. Whole, I don't know what happens when you're a teenager. <laughs> But it's your hormones. They're going out of way. That's what it They're is. Going You're caught in between being a child and an adult, you know? Yeah. And it's just really, it's a real, it can be a trying time. It can. But like I said, I know how I was. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why I try to give them the benefit of the doubt. I really do. And it's crazy because, like, Xavier's, you know, he's the second oldest, and he's kind of like the middle child in uh, over here with us. But in his yeah. mom, he's the baby. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So he was he's he's a great kid, but as as of recent since he just turned sixteen, it's like, oh wait, hold on, I'm sixteen now. Yeah, uh-huh. brother, come down, come down. Right, like that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> exactly, and so I've had to snap him back into reality. He's like, okay, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. I'm like, hey, well, and that's do. good that they're respectful, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I can say that they are very respectful. Their mom makes sure they're respectful. Very makes mm-hmm. sure they respectful. So that's one thing they got. But I always tell them, because, I mean, there are two black boys living in this world. I'm like, don't think, you know, don't get comfortable with everybody. Oh, yeah. Just always be on alert and always yeah. be respectful because you don't ever know. You never know. So I think that's yeah, my one fear with them. That, especially in the climate of our our country today. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. It's so important that they know that and understand it. Yes. And not, you know, just not take, you know, take situations for granted and not exactly. let your guard down, you know, mm-hmm. and don't yeah. be so trusting. So I think that's another, another woe too, just not having, you know, like we have no control over the future. We can't protect we our children from every, from everything, from anything really. Right. You know? Um and I think about, like, when I went to college, and when we both went to college, like, we went when there was no cell phones. Like, right! Can you can you imagine, like, sending your child now without any no. way to contact them immediately? Like, we had calling cards. Correct. <laughs> we had calling cards. And cell phones came out, I think, like, my junior. And it was like that really, Nokia phone it, or the Razor phone. I remember, I, well, I remember getting one. My mom just literally gave me her cell phone after September 11th happened. Mm, um okay. and after that that's when they gained popularity because yeah people were you know people I don't know they just it was crazy yeah yeah right phones yeah yeah then they just it just blew up and that was it like did the thing yeah. so I even think about that just not not being able to protect them as they grow and right. even now like we take a chance every every day like even every day to, to daycare to you know, elementary school or middle school, it's or high school even college. Like it's, yes. it's, it's 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 a lot. On a it's parent. a lot, and you can't worry about it. I think I think that that's where I kind of struggle because I I need to realize I don't have control over the external. All I can do is pray and put my yes. trust in God and pray that He covers my children with the blood of Jesus, and that, that's it. That's all I can do. Because, that is, that's it. Yeah, like I mean, there people are crazy. You hear about school shootings and right and 
you know, the good thing that came out of COVID was that you hadn't heard anything about any school shootings because everybody was at home. Right. That exactly. And then they're so um, they're not letting anybody in these buildings, like outside visitors. You know, right. so yes. not everybody's in this. Only people in this building are teachers and students. That is it. That's it. Yeah. So that's one good thing that they should probably keep going. I agree. because when you let yeah. too many people in, they start knowing. So out. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. Another question I had for you though was, mm-hmm. um, how can one stay healthy through care of their feet? How can the phone broke up a little bit? You said how can? Uh oh. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Uh huh. How can one stay healthy through the care of their feet? Oh. Okay. Well, you want to make sure. So foot hygiene is just, like, paramount, in my opinion, of course. I'm a foot doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, I'll just say, I'll give you a scenario a scenario of what I see a lot of when I when people don't take good care of their feet. So um, I'll see a lot of, like, toenail fungus. Oh. And that can occur if there's just poor hygiene, you know. And the best thing to do is, to keep your feet clean and dry. If your feet sweat, you want to make sure that you change your socks. Um, we live mm. in a very humid area. So, and then, you know, it's summer most, most months of the year here anyway. Um, so I, I do see a lot of that here, more so than I did from where I trained, which was up north. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I think foot health is more – it's important for every everyone, but it's even more so important for my diabetics or my patients who have neuropathy, which is no sensation or numbness in their feet, because mm. you have to inspect your feet every day with when you're okay. you know, in that patient population. You're checking for anything that looks new or or um, anything that wasn't there like necessarily the day before. So, a cut, a blister, um, you know, the beginnings of a callus. It could mean that, you know, your the way you walk might be off or your shoes might be too tight if you have a new pair of shoes that you, you know, first time wearing. Or even if it's a very old pair because your shoes need to be replaced like your car tires. You know, if, you're, if yeah. your shoes start to wear out, you can still get a callus somewhere because okay. that means you're not getting support in that particular area anymore because the shoe is too old. So two, shoes that are too old versus shoes that are brand new can have the same type of problems, you know. Okay, um, but yeah, I mean it's it's more of a it's more of an issue with my with certain patient populations, like I said, my diabetics and my patients who have neuropathy or or no sensation on their feet. And okay, neuropathy is something that I see with diabetics. I see it with um, patients who are even they don't have diabetes, but say they're going through like chemotherapy or something. You know that can oh. in the feet as well. So in those patients, you know, the foot health is is very, very important. But we all need to check our feet. A lot of, um, but a lot of, like, diabetic issues will manifest in the feet first and foremost. And that's how we can, that's why it's so important for diabetics to check their feet for the most part. Oh, wow. And I do, and I will say this, I have diabetic patients of all ages. You know, I think. Wow. the youngest I ever had to operate on in terms of diabetes was a 14-year-old. Um, mm. Yeah, so I have, I see them all, and I, you know, from 14 to 104. <laughs> right. Wow. That's crazy. Okay. 
That's good yeah. stuff to know. Like, um, okay, because you know, okay. What about okay? This is probably be my last question. I'm gonna have to wrap it up only because I gotta go inside and get Karen's in the next. Oh no, minutes. okay. And that's no, we're good because I was late. I was it's late okay. to our podcast. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but okay, like you know, us women, we like to go to the you know the nail salon, the football. I mean, you know, whatever to get our right. pedicures. Yes. What is something that we should make sure we do or is going on in the foot, in the in salon, and when we're getting our pedicure so that we oh, don't yes. get a fungus or something I'm like so that? I'm so glad you asked this question. This is, like, a, such a good question because okay. I, I I get my pedicures on a regular, and I this is what I tell all of my patients. Okay, you want to make sure that if you can, I know this is not realistic for everyone, but if you can, I would I would strive at being their first customer of the mm. morning. You know, like get there when they open because typically that is when they're cleaning or they've already cleaned the night before. Okay. Okay. So yeah. you're you're coming into like, you know, a pristine almost pristine environment, you know. Right. Um, you don't have to worry that there was somebody in that seat right before you or with their feet in the you know, in the um in the pedicable before yours. Now, a right. lot of the salons now are using the plastic cover. Yeah, mine uses a little plastic thing, yeah. Is that so okay? that's fine. That's perfectly fine. However, what they need to do also is change the filter because the filter oh. is what traps all of the, just all the nasty stuff that comes off of our feet and nails and, you know, the cuticle, like everything that, that's supposed to get filtered out of the water goes into the filter, you know. Um, but if the filter, so they don't clean, change the filter, it's coming back in the water. Exactly, it's just recirculating. So I mean, you might not see it; it's microscopic. But I do have, I have a lot of ladies who come to me and they're telling me that they've, you know, they picked up nail fungus from their nail salon. So Girl. you want to make sure that these nail salons are are clean, that they're reputable. You know, like. Yeah, first yeah. and foremost that they're in you know that they they're clean and that they are taking the right protocols with the instruments you know they should come mm-hmm. out of what's called an autoclave which okay. basically um it sanitizes these instruments at a okay. very high temperature and um they come out of a bag and the bag will change to a like a blue tint once it reaches. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. So I've been getting use them and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And we use them in our clinic and even in the operating okay. room. So that lets you know that that's like the highest level of uh, sanitation that you can get to. Okay. So um, those instruments need to come out of those packages. You need to see them rip them open. <laughs> okay. Girl, um, now, now I'm going to go and I'm like, hey, let me see your utensils. Uh-uh, right. I got to go. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> some places will even, like, I know where my mom goes, they have, like, a little set for her. Like, these are her. Okay, instruments. yeah. Uh-huh. You I've know. been to places like that, too. Yeah. Um, I even tell my ladies to sometimes, and my guys, too. Right. Get, you know, to bring your own nail polish if you if you're oh. really that concerned about you know, transmitting or, um, yeah, I guess transmitting um, fungus and, you know, fungal elements, um, depending on the type of pedicure you want. You know, they have shellac pedicures now. Nobody really buys shellac polish and, you know, has it at home. Right. But, like, for regular polish that you could get at CVS or Walgreens or, you know, order from online, you mm-hmm. can um, certainly take your colors, which is even better because if you get a little chip, you can touch it up at home and not have to worry that you don't have color 122. 
That's very true, Chanel. I go up here, girl, I'm like, oh, I got to go me some more polish because yes. I'm definitely going there. And I, I like OPI because it doesn't chip. Oh, that. yeah, me too. Yeah. So now I'm going to have to go find me a bunch of OPI so I can have my own. My own. Yes. And they even make, they make anti-fungal nail polish, too, different colors. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm learning yeah. so much right now. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> this is amazing. Like, this really is, like, you know, because... Every female goes to get snatched and say every. But the majority of people go get their pizza at these salons. And yeah. you probably don't even think of half of the stuff you just said. You're right. I definitely I'm don't, seeing, especially a filter thing. Yeah, I'm seeing more guys, too, going to get their nails. Yep. You know, so I'm that, I'm happy to see that because I think it's important, too. It I think is. it's just I've really been, important. I've been exposed so married to it, and now he's, like, low-key hooked. Right. Uh huh. <laughs> Low key, he sounds like. Low key, yeah. He don't want to like. Uh, who gonna be there? I don't know who's gonna be in the salon. I don't know these people. <laughs> like, you need to go come with me or not? Or yeah, I'm only coming if you come. Like, I'm not going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Girl, we gotta sit yeah. right by each other. <laughs> right, right, right. I need. And can I can I go in the corner like a way away? Oh my god! <laughs> in the back okay. corner. Yeah, that's Pull how you want to the first time. Yeah, and then he told everybody, this is my first time. This is my first time. I said, Let's so you know, not... I don't do this yeah. all the time. <laughs> but then he was like, man, this feels so good. I'm like, See? I told you. Could you imagine getting a pedicure for the first time as an adult? Like, I can only imagine how he felt. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Exactly. Well, oh, my gosh, Chanel, this has been amazing. You gave me some great tips. I'm going to have to re-listen so I can, like, write, you know, with my, when I'm advertising the podcast is up up and coming, I put yes. a little tidbit of the show. So I'm trying to decide which is which fact I can post because you gave some really good information I, about yeah. everything. I, well, I, you know, I, this was so much fun. I can't believe that I've never done a podcast, podcast before. Yes. And you should do I'm your glad. own. I should, right? The, the fab put oh I should say go follow Chanel oh. on Instagram to plug your name plus your Instagram page oh. fab foot dot boom f a b f o o t d o c all one word all um one go word. follow her she posts great tips on for like medical advice that you know is pretty neutral nothing where it's life threatening but yeah she, yeah she has some good stuff on her page so go follow her and Chanel. Hopefully one day she will have her own podcast where you can listen in to some great. I know. <laughs> I gotta get. I have to. I'm gonna have to pick your brain later, like off the record. You will. Like, I don't even know where to start with the podcast. Like, and I I can let you. It's it's actually super easy, honestly. Once you okay. you are oh that's it. Yep, this is it. <laughs> that's it. And have like I told my friends. Half uh-huh. my podcast is recorded in my car while I'm waiting for somebody. Like, <laughs> like so, seriously. Uh-huh. She's my, yeah, she's my go-getter. But, yes. But thank you again, Chanel. I appreciate it. Thank you, Caroline, for inviting me. Like I said, this was so much fun. We've got to do it again. We could, yes. you know, I'm gonna have you on the whatever. So, so but no, I, got more I hope questions. I answered all your questions. Well, there's three you didn't because I didn't tell you, but that's why I said you're going to be on again. <laughs> for and sake of time. Honest. I'll be on time. Oh, I hope I'm not keeping character waiting. Okay. Girl, no. She has still five more minutes. She'll be all right. Okay. But uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I thank appreciate you, Caroline. You. Okay. Thank, all right. And this is Dr. Chanel Perkins, guys. That's it, Doc. <laughs> all right. Bye.
All right, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Dr. Perkins gave some great tips and tricks for us to use in our daily lives and to make sure we're living healthy and safe. So tune in again next week for another episode of the Dance Library Mom Wife. See you later. Well, talk to you later. (laughs) Thanks. Bye.